today on Christian Living Podcast, we're going to be talking about the King on a Cross. In lieu of this being Good Friday and uh, uh, celebrating uh, the death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ this weekend, uh, we're going to be in John chapter 19, starting in verse 17. Good afternoon. I hope everyone is enjoying this beautiful day that we have on uh, this Good Friday. Um, just wanted to get on here and uh, share God's Word with you this uh, fine day. Um, as we go into this Easter weekend, uh, celebrating uh, the death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, just wanted to uh, get on here and uh, share this word with you uh, entitled The King on a Cross. Um, today we celebrate the day of being the day that our Lord and Savior died on a cruel cross, a cruel death uh, for our sins. And uh, I know that kind of seems morbid to think that we celebrate it, but if it wasn't for the, the shedding of Jesus' blood on the cross, then we have no remorse for our sins, no remissions. We're not redeemed any, any other way than, than by the, the shedding of, of Jesus' precious blood. And so today uh, we're going to be in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 19, and we're going to be starting in verse 17. And God words... God's word says this, And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him, and, and two others with him, one on either side, and Jesus in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title for, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of, of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made uh, four parts to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one plate, on one piece. They said therefore among themselves, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of uh, Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour that disciple took her to his own home. 
After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was setting there, and they filled a sponge and with sour wine, put it on a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we, uh, we take a look into this scripture, Lord, we ask that you would... Uh, just bless this time. Lord, open up our hearts and our minds to hear your word. Lord, your words be spoken and not mine. Lord, uh, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross. And Lord, that he willingly gave his life so that we would have victory over sin and death. Lord, we love you. We give you all the praise, honor, and the glory. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So if we back up a little further in uh, uh, the first part of uh, John chapter 19, we see this uh, trial that Jesus was placed on. You know, a trial that was not worthy. Jesus was not a um, a crook or he did nothing wrong. He uh, he was placed in, on this trial for for not having done anything wrong. Uh, but we see that the uh, the very same people that once were following Christ and, and, and listening to his teachings were now the very same ones that were saying crucify him, crucify him. And uh, we see that uh, Pilate goes on and he gives the order for Christ uh, to be crucified. And... Um, kind of reluctantly uh, you know he tried every way possible to get them to release someone else instead of uh, putting Jesus on the cross uh, in the fact that he had uh, you know asked them if they wanted to release Barabbas instead uh, or Christ and they all shouted again saying uh, they wanted Barabbas uh, to be released and not Jesus and so here in verse 17 we see that uh, Jesus was bearing his cross and he, he went out to a place that, uh, that they called the skull which was in, called in Hebrew Golgotha so they took Jesus up on this hill which is Golgotha and he was crucified there and they nailed nails in his hands and his feet uh, and you know, just a, a cruel way of, of dying uh, for anyone. And, uh, you know, before they even got here, you know, he was whipped with the cat of nine tails and, uh, you know, ripped to shreds because each these cat of nine tails had, had nine whips on, on this strand. And each at the end of each strand of this whip, uh, were things like pottery and glass and any other sharp object that they could find. And when they would strike across the body of Jesus, uh, all these things would, would stick into his body and then they would yank it and, it, you know, it, it tore flesh. Uh, Jesus was mocked. He was spit upon. Um, 
he was beat, he was bruised. Just a cruel, cruel way for a man that had never done anything wrong uh, to, to die. And then, you know, as they bring him to uh, Golgotha and they placed him on the cross, they put nails in his, his hands and his feet on the cross. And, um, you know, the only way that he could get breaths in between was he would have to pull up on his arms to bring his body up off of his feet to to be able to breathe and and it was in these moments that he he uh, uttered these you know different words that each gospel kind of presents but such a cruel way for someone who done nothing wrong to die and then we go down in here and we see in verse 19 and Pilate wrote a title and put it on on the cross and the, the writings was Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews you know the, the irony of, of this sign is that even though they didn't realize it that he was the king of the Jews he's the king of all creation And when he put this on there, and then the many of the Jews read this title for the, the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. And therefore the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But he said, he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. So Pilate was putting this on there because he... he Jesus said that he is the king. And the uh, chief priests of the Jews, you know, didn't, they wanted to mock him uh, with this because they did not believe that he was their king. <clears throat> and then it goes on in verse 23 and it says, The soldiers. When they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. You see, they made a mockery of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It, it, it was a game to them. Uh, they, they, they totally missed who Jesus was. And, and, and they mocked him and they scorned him. They beat him and they done all these terrible things to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then we see a, a precious moment here uh, in verse 25 when um, it says this, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of uh, Lepias, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour that disciple took her to his own home. You see, we see Jesus passing off uh, 
this disciple uh, to his mother to take under each other's wings and kind of passing that down because Jesus knew that he was uh, dying on the cross and that he would be raised three days later, but then he would ascend to heaven and, and not be on this earth with his earthly mother any longer. But uh, uh, just a, a, a sweet little time there uh, as Jesus was hanging on the cross to die for us. But then we get to the meat of the scripture here where I, I, I want to kind of focus in on today and that is starting in verse 28 it says after this Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled said I thirst and now now a vessel full full of sour wine was setting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine put it on a hyssop and put it to his mouth So here Jesus says he was thirsty and I can imagine uh, how dry he was uh, and you know just everything the, the anguish that he had been through and then here he was given sour wine uh, to try to quench his thirst and here again once again another mockery of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In verse 30 it says, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. It is finished. In the in the, the Greek word for it is finished is tetelestai. And in the Strong's Concordance, uh, the, the definition of it is finished is to end. That is complete, execute, conclude, discharge, accomplish, make an end, expire, Filled up, finish. These are all interpretations of what this word means. It is finished. Jesus was saying that his work was complete. He had come to the place in his life where he had fulfilled the duty that he had came to do you see I can't help but to think of the love that Jesus has for us because that should have been you and me that was hanging on that cross and yet even though we had turned our backs on God and chose to deliberately sin against Him, He still loved us so much 
that he willingly laid his life down on the cross for our sins. He shed his innocent blood to bring about remorse for our sins. And so we see this love that Christ has for us in that he loved us so much that he willingly gave his life for us. He endured all of the punishment on the cross and all the stuff that was done to him beforehand because he loved us. He didn't have to. At any moment he could have sent a legion of angels to come and to take him off of that cross and could have just wiped out all of those that were were doing all these bad things to him. But he didn't do that. And he didn't do that because he understood that he had to die for us. You know, going back uh, to some earlier chapters, you know, we see that struggle between the man side of Jesus and the God side of Jesus when, you know, the anguish that he must have felt when he was praying to God the Father and he said, Lord, if, if it be your will, let this cup pass for me that I would not have to take on this that I'm about to partake. But then Jesus says, Lord, not my will, but thine. You see, Christ chose to love us enough that he would die for our sins. And so we're celebrating this Good Friday the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, there, there is no greater love. You know, Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice in our stead. We should have been the ones on trial. We should have been the one that was crucified, that cruel death, because we were the ones that had sinned against Him. We were the ones that chose to deliberately disobey what God had had, had for us. But the king chose to die on a cross for you and me. If you're listening this today and you don't know where you would spend eternity, you say, Brother Lord, I don't know that if I died right now where I would spend eternity. You see, you can know for sure. And it's very simple. It's simply by understanding and knowing that there's nothing that we have done or could do to earn or deserve heaven or to deserve the love of Christ. That He willingly laid His life down for me and for you. And it's by coming to that realization that we don't earn or deserve heaven 
but we need God because there's this divide between us and God simply because of our sin and there's this great divide that we can't get to God unless through Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus' cross fills that divide and it makes a way for us to come to God. And so we must realize that we are sinners and that we're, there's nothing we can do to earn or deserve heaven. But you see, God is a just God and He has to punish sin. And so knowing that instead of us paying for those sins, Jesus paid for those sins for us. And so by admitting that we're sinners and realizing we need a Savior, then we have to go to the next step in knowing that God is just and He has to pay uh, you know, he has to, to judge us for our sins. But the way that we're made whole in this is by accepting Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. It is by asking Jesus to come into our heart and to save us from all of our sins. It's by repenting and turning from our sins and turning our focus solely on Jesus Christ alone. If that's a decision you need to make today, I pray that you would make that decision. I pray that you would not delay that decision any longer because it is the single most important decision you will ever make. But if you're a Christian here today, as we celebrate this Easter weekend understand and know that we have a Heavenly Father that loves us so much and there's a lost and dying world that is all around us that we must go out and share God's word with let's not be sideline Christians but let's be doers of God's word and go out and to share God's love, Jesus' love, his shed blood on, on the cross for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for your precious blood that was spilled for us on the cross. Lord, I pray that if anyone is listening to this podcast and they don't know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray earnestly that they would come to know you. And that they too would know the joy of your salvation. Lord, if there's any Christian that's listening here today, Lord, I pray that this message speaks to their heart. And Lord, that we would understand the love that you have for us. And Lord, that we, we should in turn, because of what you've done for us, we should in turn not be sideline Christians, but go out and to share your love with all those that are around us. Lord, we love you. We give you all the honor and the glory. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.